is going on everybody welcome back to another episode of keeping it 100 guys where we keep it 100 about all things entertainment y'all and i'm here with my brothers from other mothers Jordan and Dez. what's going on guys leo leo i have an eighth fan excuse me <laughs> frog caught in my throat what a fantastic day so far uh I had a hike yesterday, and uh, my legs are still a little bit sore from that. But uh, nonetheless, I'm fired up and ready to start this show. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I'm doing well, guys. Uh, I had a great week at work and uh, just beautiful weather this week. So um, just been exercising and just trying to just get ready for the next week. But just definitely excited for the show today, guys. Definitely excited. Yes, I'm excited as well, guys. We got a lot to talk about. And, you know, I'm just glad to be talking about it with you guys. Glad we can still do this even through the pandemic. Like, how are you guys holding up? Is everybody doing okay? Tell me a story, guys. What's going on? How's everything been? Well, so far in terms of the uh, hike I did yesterday, that was the first hike that I really did with a uh, good group of friends of mine. Uh, being able to see them face-to-face instead of the virtual reality the Zoom, you know, it's great that we have that technology, but I feel so much better that I got to see them face to face, get a break away from the technology that we are accustomed to using. And then after the hike, I tried out this local restaurant. If you haven't heard about it, it's called the Cherry Cricket. They've got fantastic Ooh, burgers yes, over sir. there. And yeah. so I figured to award myself with that seven mile hike, I, uh, got myself a burger and uh it was fantastic and so i know and uh not that we're endorsing uh cherry cricket but i highly recommend them (laughs) (laughs) yeah daz what about you my friend how have you been oh i've been good man jordan that food sounds amazing man you're making me hungry just thinking about it but uh i did good uh this week Uh, i went to uh, a kickback that was social distancing and uh kind of just relaxed uh played uh like Mario Karts, play Street Fighters. Uh, it's kind of like a game you know? night, per se. So uh, just getting uh, getting away from work, uh, uh, stressed there, just at the hospital. But just uh, meaning something to say is just, things are getting better, you know. And um, it's just crazy so far, but good, definitely good. That's great, my friend. That's great to hear. Does speaking of Mario Kart, I actually have a quick funny story. So uh, <laughs> after after Cherry Cricket, I uh, came back home and. Uh, my old roommate, a still good friend, uh, came over and uh, hung out with us. And one of the first things we did was play Mario Kart. Now, we played about four of those, what you call Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. And each one, I came out in first place. And uh, by the end of it, he was uh, he was looking to kill me. <laughs> oh. <laughs> The breaker of friendships. Yes, I know all too much about that. (laughs) It's either that or Mario Party. (laughs) Or Smash Brothers. One of those games. It's it's always a Nintendo game, too. It's always a Nintendo game. They always make their games so competitive. (laughs) They do. Seriously. But it's all so Let's jump into this, y'all. We got a lot to talk about today. Let's see. The British government, guys set june 1st as the earliest date that professional sports may resume Uh, that would include also the english premier league Uh, uh, we also got a lot more lined up today the nfl is considering a new proposal for incentives to hire minority candidates for head coach and general managers positions Uh, we got a lot to talk about on that one 
Aaron Rodgers has a lot to say about Jordan Love. And guys, we've got a lot more coming up as well. Uh, a, a big, big comment. Um, Blake Snell saying he's just the, the shortened season from the NLB is just not worth playing. So, guys, lots to talk about. Let's start off with the British government story, guys. I mean, that I, I think that's a big one. Saying that the June 1st could be the earliest for professional sports to resume and what do you think guys jordan i'm gonna go to you first my man what do you think well we pick back up that early well and uh just to uh and no one knows really knows about this but i'm a huge fan of arsenal and so i just as any fellow arsenal fan just as any fellow fan the english premier league yes i understand that we want that to come back so we can watch some soccer do something on a Saturday morning instead of slipping in. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm guilty of that too. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what we're looking at is June 1st. Really, to me, I don't think we should. I think we got to push that back. I understand it's the earliest, and so certainly things can change. But right now, we're talking about COVID where, you know, if we come back home, come back to uh, my home state, New York, they're extending their stay-at-home order, not safer at home, mind you, that Colorado is in, but stay at home where where we were in until June 15th. So by that logic alone, June 1st, I get it, different country, different circumstances, but I'd rather stay safe than sorry. I don't think we should have the season start on June 1st. I think it needs to get pushed back a little bit. Yeah, June 1st does sound extremely soon. You know, I, I feel like different governments and and um, different states here especially are very divisive about this. Like they think that June 1st is centuries and light years away. It's only a couple weeks away. It's very soon and it seems too soon to be resuming life as we know it. You know, back in, we didn't really take issue or we didn't even really take any action with this until mid-march late march so this is not enough time as i'm gonna go to you man what do you think about this story my friend i feel that uh i agree with jordan on this one uh and the premier league players uh said it as well they just don't feel it's comfortable enough to even start at june in june it, it just doesn't seem realistic and uh, i understand that a lot of the uh sports uh, nation is losing a lot of revenue but um, you definitely got to look at the safety of your players and fans as well because you got to be mindful of <laughs> social distancing and you got to be, what, four to six feet away. And seats in stadiums now these days are not four to six feet away. They're, like, super, super close, uh, especially, like, with theaters. Every type of seating that you could think of in a public venue uh, for sure is definitely uh, not uh, socially distant right now. Um, so if I was in that decision as a director or any president of the Premier League, I would just call this season a done season and just regroup for next season. At the end of the day, is it worth it risking uh, people's lives, fans' lives, and players' lives? Um, and we all love the game of soccer. And we all love the game of sports. But is it worth it at the end of the day? Health is number one and making sure that we can contain this virus because it's not over. And like you said, Leo, June is right around the corner. Um, and they just have to think really, really realistic. So I think that she just pushed back the season. Uh, realistically, June is just too soon. I, w- I mean, if there's no way to even push it back even sooner, I would just try to shut down the league for a year and just work on next year. Now, don't get me wrong, fellas. I understand where the UK is coming from in all this. Uh, I know we're going to bring this up later in the show about what 
Germany is doing with their soccer league. So we'll touch on that later. But it's not like they're picking this date out of their uh, ass, so to speak. Uh, they do have some credence with the German soccer league. And so, and I know we've been stating, you know, going back to a couple of weeks that we want all the leagues to be pushed back as uh, far out as possible. While I'm still on that boat, I'm interested to see how the how the German soccer league in that aspect comes into play in all this. And at that point, once we start to figure out where that where that goes, like what ha- next steps, next events, whatnot, then we can come back to the UK and say, okay, this is happening. So this is where we want to take the English Premier League to. Definitely. Oh, sure. uh, speaking of the German league, they've actually resumed play, uh, playing. A is Union Berlin versus Bayern Munich, uh, and it's live. So they've already continued to play. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, we're we're back here. They're they're already resuming. I found it very interesting that they actually did that because I remember I think I was listening to this on either. I think it was NPR Reuters, like some online radio service that a couple of weeks ago, apparently Germany had a spike in coronavirus cases. So I really don't know. I felt like they may have pushed the envelope here too soon. And I guess we'll we'll see what happens in the in the weeks to come. But I think they're doing this a bit early. Definitely for sure. Definitely too early completely agree you know it's it's too early it, it, it they're putting a higher risk of re-spreading it than they are like containing it so that's my thing and i see a picture here i don't see anybody in masks i don't see really that much safety gear it's not good gentlemen uh we'll definitely be continuing to watch that story but i think that's really all there is to say there um, let's move on to this proposal for the NFL minority head coaches. Um, so this, guys, this happened a couple of days ago on Friday. Um, the NFL is now considering a, a, a new proposal for incentives to hire minority candidates for head coaches or general manager positions. They believe that uh, there's a lack of minority general managers and head coaches. Under this new proposal, a team could improve its third round draft selection by 16 picks. And what that means is that with a head coach that is a minority, so that's African-American, Hispanic, any minority race, Asian, any minority race, they will actually give them six points in the third they will move them up six spots in the third round draft pick now they will also jump 10 spots if they have a minority general manager so the minority general manager position will count for 10 spots and the head coach position will count for six spots in the third round of the draft but that's not all if the candidate stays for his third year of the job the team would then move up five picks in the fourth round of the draft now that's if it's one per one of them so that's per person five picks up that's that's a pretty weird incentive guys jordan i know you had a lot to say about this before the show started so 
I'll go to you first, man. What do you think about this story? I'm going to preface what I have to say by this first. Yeah, looking at the Rooney rule, I understand that there are some things in there that need to be changed. There are obviously some things that weren't working as we're still running into the same issue, folks. Uh, you know, it's it's hard for African-Americans, Hispanics, Asian-Americans, etc. cetera. Uh, everybody is just not finding work in the NFL when they're highly qualified. And I look at some of the uh, head coaches we had in the past, uh, you know, let's, let's, let's write down the list of, uh, if you will, white coaches in the league that have been in the league for way too long. Jason Garrett, ring a bell. Jeff Fisher, ring a bell. Uh, And I, I certainly, I can go on, but you get the point that there are just too many white coaches in the league. I, again, I don't want to get into why, but you could obviously tell that there are some coaches that didn't belong at certain aspects. However, how they're doing this is completely bonkers. And now let me preface by saying this. Think about it this way. If your company was given incentives, so was given incentives to hire minorities. Don't you think that's a little disrespectful? I mean, that's a little offensive. I'm just going to come out and say it. It's a bit offensive. Like, think about it. It's kind of like saying like, oh, yeah, we're we're giving them some extra points just to hire a black coach. Well, shouldn't they in the first place anyway? Right. You feel about it, Dez. All right, Jordan, I cut you off. What were you saying? (laughs) No, no, no. no. I actually want to get Dez's perspective, too, before I move forward. Um, I feel the same from both takes, uh, from you, Jordan, and Leo. Um, My question is, why does it take draft picks to hire minorities? Um, We should already be doing that. Um, Like you said, uh, Jordan, Leo, like, do jobs, you know, ask that. I mean, I've heard of that at times, you know. Especially at the place I work at, for sure, it definitely, they definitely do do that, and it, 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 I feel like there's definitely have to be equality. It doesn't take draft picks and moving up picks and, and and you know staying in a position for three years, to, you know, basically getting incentives for hiring minorities. This should already be a given. Um, and I understand where you're talking from, Jordan. Where it's just a lot of, it's not a lot of uh, of, uh, of, of of basically of mixed race in the league. Um, and it's definitely primarily a Caucasian, sure. But um, at the end of the day, uh, I look at it as it shouldn't take this to get minorities into the league and to positions like this. At the same time, you look where the league is going. The league is going faster into more like college-type style play, faster, different quarterback play, uh, different just play all around. Um, and so those coaches that have been there for a long time, um, I feel like their time is going to be up probably in the next five years, and you're going to see a lot of young coaches um, come to league GMs as well. I mean, you look at the Broncos right now, they have an issue with the, the whole ownership right now. And we'll talk about that, you know, at another time. But, I mean, there definitely has to be some change in the league for sure. A little bit of a switch up of, a, of, a, of scenery for sure. Now, I didn't read too in-depth into the article, so my next comment may be way off base, way off point. But I'm going to pose this question. 
if you're telling me that I will move up, you know, in the third round, if I start to look at a minority candidate the first year, hire him in, and then the third year in, essentially, the maximum... Again, this is going coming back to how I'm offended by this. The bonus... Just think about that word, bonus. Just for hiring someone that's not Caucasian. Bonus. Disrespectful, but... Think about this. If the maximum bonus in the third by having the, my candidate for three years is to get fourth round compensatory pick, and that's it, no other bonuses, then what's stopping me from releasing the guy in the fourth year and picking somebody else to start the cycle? I don't like, know. Are if you that's kidding? Supposedly the only bonus, but I think that's like an incent, a, 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 a big incentive. You know what I'm saying? Like I think. I don't think that's the only bonus. Like, I'm sure they'll get pay increases as time goes and such. Uh, I, I see what you're saying. Like, it just was stopping them from from waiting, getting that that bonus, and then dropping him. I see exactly. what you're saying. Um, man, that's just that's just crazy, man. I like I said, I don't want to push the topic too long either, guys. I just want to feel like I just feel like it's just definitely no. Please carry it forward, man. It's just, please, it's just definitely wrong. I'm like, if I'm buying it right now, I'm just listen to this again i'm like what that's crazy man you're talking about if i hired a minority i can get more draft stock now are we going to see teams now in the league you know most of the teams right now are probably down the only one that's that's different in race right now due to the firing of the carolina panthers um head coach um and i think he went to washington ron rivera so that's yep. a minority there you have uh, mike tomlin in pittsburgh that's a minority there because he's been a coach forever um, but like, who is an, a minority that's an owner or a GM? The last person that I've seen was for the Browns, and that's before the whole Baker Mayfield experiment with Odell Beckham and the new coach that they got. And Anthony Lynn, coach. yeah, Anthony Lynn as well. Um, who else? There's, there's a. Uh, I think that's a. Uh, yeah, I mean that's the it's only Mike Tomlin, I, Anthony Mike Lynn. Tomlin. Let's see who else. Ron Rivera. Mm-hmm. Uh. If defensive coordinators or coaches count, you've got a lot of minority there. You got Vance Joseph with the Cardinals. You got, you got um, Brian Flores. Brian Flores as well in Miami. Um, I mean, it's not Who's really the guy long- that that replaced uh, Vera. Wasn't that a black dude? Harry uh, Fuel. Uh, I oh Harry Fuel. Yeah, him. I Let me think see. so. I think so. Uh. Let me let me see let me see let me see. Uh, what was the team again? I think for, he might might have been Carolina Panthers, Panthers for a bit, like an Carolina interim. Panthers, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. he served yeah. as an interim coach. My fault. My fault. Yeah, no, that was my fault. I thought he was still still there. He's not there anymore. No, no, the uh, guy that's that, the guy uh, that's running it now is white. Uh, let me see. Or Caucasian, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt Rule. Yep, he came from uh, Baylor, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Matt no, Rule. this. All this to say that it's proving that this is a issue, but it's not necessarily. There are plenty of qualified candidates out there. Plenty of coordinators. Plenty of offensive coaches. Like there are plenty of qualified 
men of color already coaching oh by the incentives and such right doesn't need to be it just just hire them hire more exactly that's that's what i'm saying is hire more what's then the incentive gonna do you basically tell me yeah i think the hey what's up set oh like <laughs> i was gonna say that's just really messed up you know so um but like i said i i, I want to press this topic too long but i feel like that should definitely not be incentive the nfl should already be doing this um if it's a worldwide league and it's open to everything and helping everybody in the communities it shouldn't take an incentive to do this and i think it's a huge slap in the face a little bit to a minority group because you're telling me in order for me to be in the nfl and get a great job in that field i mean and it being a higher level i have to be a minority and then you get a draft pick for it um they should get draft picks already like the broncos did with john elway he stocked his contemporary picks with players um that were on the past you know years teams but the value was that high on the wing difference you know if you do it the right way like that you don't have to go and do this so that's just my take on it for sure yeah for sure there's only two black gms in the nfl too andrew andrew barry and chris greer Oh wow! So there's only two black owners. I don't even know if there is a Latin owner. So there's that. I mean, it's just honestly, I think one thing that it does is it does raise eyebrows to the current issue that there isn't enough um, head coaches or general managers of color. But at the same time, it's definitely an over exaggeration of trying to fix the problem let's just go ahead and, and offer incentives to no there shouldn't be any incentive offerings let's hire them just hire talented people but i think we spent a great amount of time on that topic let's get moving forward to the aaron Rodgers story here um a lot to say about uh green bay quarterback guys I'm, I'm sure you guys are all keeping up but just if you need an update uh the green bay packers did draft jordan love quarterback the first round so that's a lot of hints and nudges that uh and rogers dynasty might be coming to a close soon a couple quotes that he he said regarding the news is i think it was more the surprise of the pick based on my own feelings of wanting to play into my 40s really the realization that it does change it does change the controllables a little bit because as much as I feel confident in my abilities and what I can accomplish, there are some new factors that are out of my control. So my sincere desire to start and finish with the same organization, just as it has with many players over the years, may not be a reality at this point. So he's got more than three years left on his contract with the Packers. Does this seem like a little bit early, guys? Doesn't it seem like he could have picked somebody up in the third round fourth round like a, a quarterback and, and let that person sit and develop in the first round get a like help that defense out a little bit or get a, a wide receiver or someone in the first round like let go to you first des what do you think about that pick like do you think they're prepping up to replace aaron Rodgers soon are they looking into the future a little too early tell me tell me man what do you think um I looked at this pick when we first watched the draft together, guys, and we we're like, what? Really? Jordan Love? Uh, I thought he was going to go to the Patriots for sure because they definitely quarterback him. But they have Jared Stidham. Um, they had a year under Tom Brady. But now I look at the pick and I realize that, I mean, we all know Aaron Rodgers is getting older, not younger. Um, and he may not have the physical tools that you get a young guy like Jordan Love has. I mean, Jordan Love is great with athleticism, great strong arm, just needs to develop more. 
Um, and I, it's no disrespect to Aaron Rodgers at all. I just feel like the Green Bay Packers had to make a solid move because, I mean, when Aaron Rodgers is down, who do, who do they have? Like, literally, who do they have? Um, he definitely has an injury track record. Great professional player. Um, I just feel like it's a pick that in the first round, I like I said, I would have picked a wide receiver or some wideouts definitely to help your quarterback out. But we look back at this when Brett Favre was in the hell and Aaron Rodgers. Now, Aaron Rodgers was definitely picked a little bit later uh, than Jordan Love when he got drafted. But, I mean, Brett Favre only stayed, what, a year? Maybe two? And then it was Aaron Rodgers' show. And um, the thing is, is that uh, the NFL is evolving and the team, Green Bay, is trying to evolve into that, you know, because you can have these older quarterbacks with a lot of experience and tangibles, but if they're going down, who is your next guy up? And I think it's just a... Uh, security blanket for them probably for the next year going forward. Uh, even LT, like Damian Toplin, said that he thinks that Aaron Rodgers probably has a year left and that's it. Um, and I get, I think that's the, probably the right, right prediction. Too. Probably has this year left. Only one year though? You one think? year? One I think year. he's got at least that last three. Well, well I mean, I, I feel like one year with Green Bay but he'll play the rest of his, you know, two-year contract rounds. Um, the reason being, if you get drafted like that, there is a plan in place. You don't get picked like that. There's always a plan in place, and the plan in place for them is a year to sit back and develop. I mean, Jordan Love is quick, too, of a learner. I mean, he is quick, and that's what all the draft, draft experts said. He's a quick learner, quick up to speed guy. He just has to work on his tangibles and throwing the ball. And you learn that from one of the greatest guys of all time, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I say probably a year left. He'll go to a different team because, I mean, I'm not happy you picked the quarterback. And it's the same thing that happened with Brett Favre. And we all thought that, hey, we'll sit back. And what happened? A year later, Brett Favre got dealt and Aaron Rodgers was in his spots. I mean, yep. quarterbacks have been older, not younger. And uh, I think Green Bay just look at the future right ahead because, I mean, look at the next year's draft. I mean, they got, there's a plenty of quarterbacks out there, but they got a guy that they don't have to worry about next year. They already got their guy. They can sit back, don't have to press him that much. I mean, you look at Drew Locke. He's a starting quarterback now for Denver. So, I mean, the younger you get, I guess the better you get, I guess, per se. Here's another situation where, and I can go back to the last 30 years in the NFL, where another team is picking the next guy way too early here. Uh, I mean, I can, going back to uh, Brett Favre that you mentioned, Des, I mean, let's be honest. I, I know Aaron Rodgers really wasn't supposed to be there for the Green Bay Packers to take in that draft. Uh, again, I could go into what should have happened, what shouldn't, but uh, we'd be here all day. But uh, when we talk about, yes, I agree with you, Des, 100%, that at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers' health has come into a little bit of question, especially with him missing part of the season when he went down about two, three years ago in Minnesota with that dirty hit by Anthony Barr. I don't care what the NFL deems as a clean hit or a dirty hit. That was a dirty hit and actually changed the rules in this league. And he also went, also had some injury trouble the, the next year when the uh, Chicago Bears won the division that year. So yes, Aaron Rodgers' health history of, as of recently is not good. And so I understand the need to get the next guy, get a quarterback ready. But I agree, you don't do it in the first round. I mean, Aaron Rodgers put up some, put up a heck of a good season. He took the Packers to the NFC Championship That's game. That's what I'm for saying. God's sakes. 
He took them, and not only just that year, they've been in the AFC NFC Championship game for a couple of years. He won them a Super Bowl back nine years ago. I mean, it's not as if the guy hasn't done anything for them lately. He's always been there. When he's out on the field, he's always been performing, always the uh, MVP caliber quarterback that he always is. This is a slap in the face to Aaron Rodgers. They should have, yes, they should have picked up a quarterback. Maybe I would have waited until the third, fourth, fifth round when you could have found like a project quarterback to just be like, hey, sit over there and watch how the great ones do it. That I would have been okay with. And I would have been like, yeah, I understand. But this is disrespectful to Aaron Rodgers. This is a baffling, dumb move by the Packers where, in my opinion, they should have took in the wide receiver that Denver drafted in the second round. We stole KJ Hamler, guys. I'm going to be honest with you. We stole KJ Hamler. He had so many other teams that he could have gone to, Green Bay included. Just in, I, I, I'm just shocked by the incompetency of the Packers' office this last few years. Yeah, because let's not forget the Packers have been to the playoffs. They've been to the NFC championships last year, 2016. They've been in the last five years twice. It's not like Aaron Rodgers hasn't done anything for them and hasn't put up points on the board for them and hasn't got them all the way. Get that they want somebody that can get them to the Super Bowl, but get that person in your third or fourth round and build them up. Let them sit on the bench and soak in all they can from Aaron Rodgers. From the last three years on that contract, let that person bench it up. Then they'll be able to learn and absorb all they can from Aaron Rodgers and take over in a fair manner when he's done. I just think trying to dismiss him so early, they did with Brett Favre, that could be costly. Definitely for sure. It's going to be costly and uh, it's going to be intriguing to see how that quarterback room will run or be. Uh, with Aaron Rodgers looking over his shoulder now or what's what's going to unfold for that version? Not to steal a quote from uh, ESPN's uh, Max Kellerman but Jordan Love better be a damn Hall of Famer. <laughs> better be, man, because <laughs> he, you know, that's my thing is that after we've seen stinkers like Johnny Manziel, you just never know what could happen at this point. Definitely. I mean, we all look back at it too with the uh, pick of Patrick Mahomes when Alex Smith was in the helm. And uh, I mean, there's just so many picks, and we could talk about this all day, but I just feel like maybe, like I said, they're looking towards the future, and everybody's trying to find the next Patrick Mahomes uh, for sure. So we'll see how this well, all unfolds. There's a difference between when uh, I know we're not going to belabor the point here, but there was a difference between when Patrick Mahomes was drafted compared to Jordan Love. Alex Smith, not, you know, he's, by the way, I just, I'm thankful that he's making this comeback. Uh, it sounds like from everything I've been reading, uh, he's really wanting to get back. So nothing for the best. I support him after that hard, awful, just awful, ugh, that awful injury he took that uh, Texans game. I, I it, it was worse than Joe Theismann. It was worse than Joe Theismann, but Alex Smith, he wasn't the, he was just a game manager. He wasn't that, he wasn't the franchise leader that you look for. So Patrick Mahomes, he definitely is going to be the franchise leader for the Kansas City Chiefs. Rodgers was already that franchise leader. So you don't do that to the franchise leader. Just, just not a good move. 
Yeah, for uh, Rodgers is the leader of the Packers, and I, you know, just kind of it kind of feels like they pulled the rug from from up underneath him. So let's hope they uh, kind of make make things up here. They better hope Jordan Love is is as wonderful as they're hoping for. So I think that was a, a great discussion. Let's move on to the 2020 MLB draft. Everybody being held remotely on June 10th to 11th. And uh, we'll take a quick moment of silence for Bob Watson, a former two-time All-Star and the general manager for the World 1996 World Series champion, New York Yankees, passed away at the age of 96, guys, due to kidney disease. Pretty sad. Uh, let's take a quick moment of silence for him. Hey guys, yes, thanks for the moment of silence. He was an all-star in 1973 and 1975. And what a guy, what a record breaker. I mean, I gotta admit, Jordan, I'm gonna come to you because I know you're our baseball expert. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a huge baseball expert, so I'm gonna go to you first, man. Uh, talk about Bob Watson with us. A absolutely, and before I even get into Bob Watson, I just want to take a moment just to send my prayers, send my thoughts, send my condolences to the Watson family, uh, certainly to the uh, Houston Astros organization, which now part of me is like still F you for what you did back a couple of years ago, but guys, but in all seriousness, uh, I know that he played his first 14 major league seasons with you guys, so I know it's a very, very, very heavy, heavy loss for the uh, Astros as a whole, uh, losing one of the uh, their franchise cornerstones. Uh, he was an all-star with them for in 1973 and 1975, and this is this is what I really like. Here's a really good stat: he hit over 300 in four seasons so this was in for the astros this is back in 1972 1973 1975 and 1976 now that's just with the astros there's also a few other over 300 average uh, hitting seasons that he did as well uh and i'll bring those up in just a bit but to also go over the rest of his playing career he also played in 1979 with the Boston Red Sox. So I know he only played one year, but also I uh, want to take a time to send my condolences out to the Red Sox organization. He had played with the, this is probably why he went to the, uh, go back to the Yankees back in 96 when they won the World Series as a GM. But he did play with the Yankees from 1980 to 1982. Again, uh, so condolences to the Yankees organizations, not only when he was a general manager for the World Series champion winning Yankees, but when he was also a player as well. And he has also played with the Atlanta Braves from 1982 to 1984. So condolences as well. Guys, when we talk about Bob Watson, now we like to think nowadays that, oh, the best baseball players are the ones that can hit the most home runs. You know, that's the big sexy step. No. Really, when it comes down to baseball, why Hall of Famers are made is because of batting average on base percentage. The fact that you could be there on the bases for the home run guy to hit you home, that's really what you need in this day and age. And so I know he's not a Hall of Famer. He's only a two-time All-Star, but Bob Watson was just a hardworking guy. Put together the pieces that you need to 
In fact, in this day and age, she probably would have done very well in this league. Probably would have even made it to the Hall of Fame. But, you know, a very heavy loss. Uh, Mr. Watson, thank you for providing entertainment to the league for back in, uh, back all the way when you were a Astros player to the end of your days as a Braves player. And uh, congratulations on getting that one ring that was so elusive in your career with the New York Yankees. Uh, Good on you. And uh, if you're watching us, Bob Watson, you're uh, definitely in our thoughts today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Dad, did you have something to say? Sorry, I think I cut you off there. No, no, you're fine, Leo. Uh, Jordan hit around the nose. Uh, basically, the words I would say to you is definitely a hard loss on the thoughts and prayers as well. With the, just the whole uh, organization as well. Yes, I completely agree. Thoughts and prayers to the Watson family, first and foremost. Um, very sad loss for, for them. And uh, thoughts and prayers out to, to the Yankees. Red Sox, big, that, that's a big loss, everybody. Big, big loss. Um, I want to get moving on, though, to the new MLB situation. Now, um, the Tampa Bay Rays pitcher Blake Snell says he will not play for the league that's um, shortened. Now, it has been shortened by about 50% pay, the, the pay, if I'm correct, due to the coronavirus. And, and Snell is saying it's not worth it. Um, he's entering his second year on a five-year deal and says he will not play. He just said, he says, I'm just saying it doesn't make sense for me to lose all of that money and then go play and then be on not locked down, not around my family, not around the people I love and getting paid way the hell less. And the risk of injury runs every time I step on the field. Guys, what do you think about this? Reducing the pay? I mean, Philadelphia Phillies um, star said Bryce Harper actually said the same thing. He's right. What do you guys think, guys? Is this reducing pay ridiculous? Is they just postpone the season? What are your thoughts, everybody? What do you think? Oh, you can go ahead, Jordan, for sure. Well, I mean, I completely agree with Blake's now. Completely agree with Bryce Harper. Now, there may be some fans in the show that are saying, why are they complaining? They're millionaires. They make a lot of money. Okay. First off, let listen that is not a great argument for this discussion and here's why to those viewers let's say and i know that everyone on the show also has a uh, working full-time job let's say that you were told by your boss essentially to oh you need to come into the office with and you know no matter how you get there whether it be a vehicle uh, walking to work, biking from work, taking uh, public transportation, you've run the risk of catching this stuff just by being somewhere either near you or someone that was sick, that was sitting on the seat that you're sitting, you run a increased risk of getting this damn virus, all right? Because we still don't know how it works. There's still too many uncertainties. And the fact is, anyone could catch it at any time. Anyone could. Now we've taken many steps to make sure that we don't. Or, and I hope.
hope everybody's still following. I'm not saying, you know, you guys, I, I know you're following the rules, but I hope our audience is still listening to the rules and not doing anything stupid. And so coming back to my uh, comment earlier, so the boss says, oh, you got to come into work. Oh, and not only that, but uh, we're also going to reduce your pay 50%. How does that sound? That sound good to anybody? I hope not. No, no. no. sound good to me. No. And so, and so going back, Blake Snell is being told, you got to come back to work and you got to take a, you got to take half your salary. That's it. You can't take that. That's not only disrespectful, that is beyond unsafe for Blake Snell. Because here is the thing, even if you don't put 1,000, 2,000 fans in the stadiums, like the, I believe we talked about this last week, the Taiwan, sorry, Taiwan Chinese Professional Baseball League is doing right now. Even if you don't do that, even if you just involve just the, the players, the staff for the, uh, for the teams, head coaches, important uh, organizational people, whether that be executives, scouts, whatnot, that's still maybe 300, 400, 500 people in a closed environment. That still creates risk. And so for you to say to Mr. Snell, Mr. Harper, play ball, suck it up, take the pay cut and toughen up. Uh, how How do you live with that? How do you make that okay? I don't. I don't see how you can make that okay. Well, you, either- you know, that's that's the biggest part. Is like you're asking for equal effort with less pay. Like, who wants to do that? Nobody. Right. Definitely for sure. This is definitely wrong um, to ask for less pay. Definitely during this pandemic, you know. And I mean, I hope that I I hope that, you know, and again, only the owners have agreed to this proposal. I don't believe the players union has. And so they're probably going to be up in arms and say, you know, this is not okay. They're probably going to come to the renegotiating table. I hope that it comes down to that and that we are able to come to a more sensible agreement that will make, you know, all the players okay with playing in the year. But just this proposal alone, I don't think it's a good model. I think they either need to scrap this out and drop a new one or amend some of the terms on this proposal because I don't want the players from, because we're not, now now we're just not talking about MLB players. Now we're also assuming that the NHL players, the NFL players, the NBA players are going to go through the same treatment, the same negotiation. And to me, that's not fair. Definitely for sure. And, uh, and, not, and then when it comes down to it, uh, Listen, I know that we're talking about the coronavirus, how it's affecting a lot of major leagues out there, you know, suspending play. You know, I know that in the NBA and NHL, I'm sure they would be doing a postseason play right now. And I'm sure that the Nuggets and the Avalanche would probably, you know, still be, uh, they're still in there. Oh, they're definitely kicking butt right now, you know, in my uh, 
in my scenario of how things are going to unfold in the playoffs. But <laughs> but putting that all aside, uh, let's talk about something that I really love. This is a very fantastic story. So uh, Mookie Betts, who was uh, traded this offseason from uh, Boston to the Los Angeles Dodgers, his hometown, he actually lives in uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And so what he did as a goodwill gesture, a, a good service is he surprised the supermarket shoppers with the groceries and uh, bought pizza for the employees. This was in a, a hometown uh, Kroger store. And uh, Des, to me, I wanted to touch up on this story last because I want to just bring back the fact that, yes, we care about sports. It's very important right now. We want to get things back to the way they were. But let's just try to focus on the, the good things that are happening right now. And Mookie, Bet- Mookie Betts definitely has, uh, you know, done a good goodwill gesture to his community. Definitely. Completely sure. agree, guys. Sorry about that. No, no, you're Yes, good. completely agree. Mookie Betts has done such a great job by buying people with groceries and buying pizza for the employees. That was great of him. Definitely, for sure. Definitely, uh, especially in your hometown, especially giving back to the community as well. And like you said, Jordan, during this pandemic in Leo, um, it's just a great bright spot and just uh, a community coming together and an uh, individual coming together, superstar. Uh, and just a, a public figure, uh, a role model for sure, uh, just doing the right things um, to, to definitely help through this whole uh, pandemic going on right now. Yes, 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 yes. And now we'll take another, unfortunately, moment of silence here for Jerry Stiller. Um, Ed, comedy icon, guys, in so many shows, everybody loves Raymond. Uh, best in show. I mean, he's been all over the place. Zoolander, Seinfeld, everywhere. So let's take a brief moment of silence for him. Right. So, guys, this will bring us into our movies and TV show section. Um, I remember seeing Jerry Stiller for the first time uh, on Seinfeld <laughs> as George Costanza's father, Frank. Um, loved him in that role. Love him in all pretty much every role he's in. Uh, had to see him go, but man, what a great long life at 92. Be able to have a comedy career spanning so long and be in so many different movies, guys. Uh, I to say rest in peace. Condolences to the Stiller family. Big loss. Oh, guys, what do you think? Well, when we talk about uh, Jerry Stiller, and you're right, Leo, my first uh, my first taste of him, if you will, was in Seinfeld. And, you know, going back to the, uh, the earlier roles that you mentioned, he was just a... He just had such an energy. Like, I don't know if you saw it. Like, uh, I remember, I think it was a Capital One commercial, but he brought, like... Uh, a sense of quirky energy. Uh, he was always like the the grumpy old man, the grumpy old neighbor. I, I thought that he played that role so well. I, I thought it was always so funny because <laughs> a lot of stuff that he was doing was true. And um, it, it's just such a heavy loss for the, uh, you know, for the community in general. And not to mention the Stiller family, as you pointed out, Leo. But, you know... You're, I want to go back to uh, what you said. He did live a long life, uh, 92 years old. There's definitely a lot to celebrate in that. 
And then we can also take a moment just to say he he went out on his own natural terms. Uh, COVID didn't affect this in any way whatsoever. Yes, and that's a big, big happy part of this all is that fortunately it wasn't the virus. It was just natural causes. Definitely for sure. Um, definitely a hard loss. Uh, but like, like you said, Jordan on his own terms. Had a great acting career. I mean, Zoolander. I mean, there's so many. Just everybody. He just does so many things, and he impacted so many actors' lives and just lives in general. Um, definitely a hard loss. But in the, the day, uh, like people say, life must go on. But this person will never be forgotten for sure. Uh, a lot of just valuable uh, tools, assets, uh, learning tools, just basically um, from this actor to pass down to the next generation. That's very much, man. Um, Dads, I feel like we've been skipping you, man. So we're going to get to a good subject, man. Tell us about the movies and shows you've been watching. What you been watching, Dads? Uh, I've been watching, uh, yesterday I was watching uh, Riverdale. The new season came out, uh, I believe, Thursday. Um, so I watched the first two like episodes of the new season so far. Um, it's definitely like one of those type of uh, uh, shows where it gets intriguing. There's a lot of drama. Um, I've been catching up on Ajin as well. Um, it's like an anime uh, show, um, and definitely just uh, like music. I know Future dropped the track out. Um, there was a lot of my friend told me yesterday about Kevin Gates and his whole situation, which. I thought was kind of crazy and I actually I didn't look it up but I just kind of just looked up the facts about it and it was true so it was just definitely crazy on that situation as well but um kind of just in the Xbox as well just been playing GTA and Street Fighter and, and stuff like that movies I heard Scooby-Doo is doing something as well Dude was dope so I'm like that's definitely amazing I'm trying to watch that today um but just just kind of relaxing a lot more with the uh, music this week uh I listened to a group called Stick Figures it's like a reggae type uh, music band, but I just love it because it just puts you in a zen mood. Um, we all, we've spoken about uh, the artist Jazzy. Uh, her name is Jasmine, but she had a photo shoot yesterday. So I congratulate her. We wish her the best of luck. Um, and then Jordan, I listened to your uh, your artist, man. He was popping on the uh, iTunes charts as well. I think last week he was like number 15 in the hip hop charts. That's definitely amazing for sure. Well, and uh, yeah, little TJ, he's been getting some some recognition. I, I know he's been I know he's been on the scene for a couple of years now, so I'm definitely not surprised that he's starting to get his he's starting to arise to send him. I will definitely talk of music a, a little bit more, but I wanted to bring up the fact that uh, back on Friday on Netflix, a very important release came. Very important release. Huge, huge Avatar. Avatar. Oh my god! <laughs> Avatar: The Last Airbender, guys. Jordan, tell us about it, man. I'm, I'm sure you've been watching. I know I have. Oh man, I, I don't know if this show needs an introduction. If you don't know what Avatar is, you're. Uh, I'm sorry to say, but we've been under a rock for the past. Was it now 15 years? Ooh, that's tough. But uh, whatever, Avatar: The Last Airbender. Uh, the uh, Next Avatar, Aang, he is uh, going on a quest to essentially uh, train in the arts. And so, of course, the uh, arts are uh, the air, fire, uh, water, earth, 
And so just seeing him go through his journey, seeing him, you know, interact again with uh, <laughs> the uh, wonderful uh, Apu, uh, of, and of course, you know, when he first gets discovered back in the uh, the that little ice village that <laughs> that he uh, was trapped under, it's just just brings back so many great memories and. Uh, yeah, it's uh, too bad they never really made an adaptation of this TV series. It's uh, it's unfortunate. And no, we're not bringing that up. That never happened. <laughs> Knew exactly where I was going with the adaption piece. So, uh, yeah, you're right. That didn't happen. <laughs> um, but <laughs> Avatar, oh my goodness. What an um, amazing series. And, you know, the fact that this is a series for kids always trips me up because... It has so many like adult stories and lessons in it it's just such a fascinating series the storytelling is amazing the the stories themselves like the individual episodes and arcs are just so fun and and, and joyous to follow it's amazing to follow the characters through this series it's just it's honestly the best nickelodeon has ever put out <clears throat> that's saying a lot considering their 90s library was stacked and yeah, stuff like Hey Arnold and those things don't compare to Avatar The Last Airbender. Avatar was just a whole other level, man. It was an <laughs> amazing that series. Isn't that? that a shame that Nickelodeon sent uh, Avatar and really I can only think of a few good shows from the back in the 2010s, but Nickelodeon has dropped off a lot since the past 20 years. Yeah, I mean... They had Fairly Odd Parents. They had SpongeBob. The good, the good times of SpongeBob. They had Jimmy Neutron. My Life as a Teenage Robot. They had some hitters, man. But I feel like they haven't done anything in the past ten years. I mean, That's those are all shows us. from the two thousands. I mean, I just feel yeah, they, bad for those next generation of kids that and I don't. I don't be, sorry to cut you off, Leo, but. I, I just feel bad for those those kids that are growing up now that Nickelodeon is not just a, a dead, dead, dead network, in my opinion. Definitely. Yeah. As did you watch uh, Avatar? Have you seen Avatar? Uh, I seen Avatar when it was on Nickelodeon, and uh, I just looked it up now, guys. I'm definitely going to watch that after the show because I love Avatar, uh, The Last Airbender. Uh, that I remember that show when I was a kid, man. I loved it so much, and uh, just trying to keep back on it now. But uh, I heard there's great things on it right now, and I'm definitely excited just to watch it for sure. I think that's what I'm going to watch all day, actually, <laughs> once this show is done for sure. It's just so imaginative, and there's just there's so much creativity put into the show with the four elements and with all the different stories that all the characters have, and the fact that like the Fire Nation took over the other it's just such a great story with so many awesome smaller stories within it like it's it's such a good show i am probably jordan i said i'm one episode the the end totally was wrong about that I'm about seven episodes out <laughs> oh. <laughs> i was like oh i'm like one episode left no i'm not um about seven episodes left and i will have made it through Probably my 20th rewatch of the series. No, maybe not that many. No, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if that was your 20th rewatch, man. I mean, Avatar is a series that's worthy of 
of 20, 30, 40 rewatches, in my opinion. Yes, sir. Definitely be okay. showing that to my kids when they grow up. Definitely, for sure. And for movies, I caught that Scoob. It was really fun, very refreshing, a new take on Scooby-Doo. I don't think I, I don't think I would pay for it, but I did. <laughs> Ended up watching it and, and enjoyed myself. I had a really good time. Thought like there were some reviews going out about the movie saying it was negative and I don't know. I mean a lot of a lot of critics were, were saying negative things about the movie and saying that there's not enough mysteries and stuff like that. And I thought that it was actually one fun hell of a ride. I thought it was the voice actors were great. I thought the characters were fun. I don't know. I, I really enjoyed it myself. I think anybody listening should go check it out. Go check out Scoob, y'all. Then Capone came out this week as well with Tom Hardy. Enjoyed the hell out of that movie. Tom Hardy put up a hell of a performance as an older Capone. Uh, but it's not the movie that a lot of people are going to expect. So I expect that to get a little bit of backlash as well. Just because it's not like the Guns Blazing movie, but it's like following Capone in his like final years. So I, I really enjoyed this Picture of Capone I've never seen before. It was it was awesome. It was really really good. <clears throat> and now knowing what to expect out of the Capone movie, because I I was actually curious about that, especially with Al Capone. He was a big 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 member in the uh, in the New York Mafia, and so that kind of brings a little touch to my home. Even though uh, Capone really took place maybe what 40, 50 years before I was born, but uh, I'm definitely. where they go with that movie now especially know what to know what to expect so definitely thank you for sharing that uh, perspective leo and then going back to the scoob movie i am one of those people that was definitely wary of it because i've seen live action scooby at uh, scooby-doo movie after live action scooby-doo movie and besides the first one which in my opinion i still think of as okay like a solid six seven out of ten like the other movies were just kind of crap to me and really with the animated series they put out the only one that i really liked i don't know if you guys remember this as scooby-doo mystery incorporated i like that i like what's new scooby-doo you like what's new Oh yeah, the uh, that's the show that had the uh, intro with Simple Plan, right? Yes. Yes. So that one was another good movie too. Another one too. Uh, I mean, if you want to even go further back, I think Pop Name Scooby Doo is actually pretty cool too. Uh, Definitely check that out. But uh, coming back to the Scoob movie, I just didn't know what to expect, so I didn't see it, but. Knowing that you had a fun time with it, Leo, I'll definitely give it a uh, an open mind, and I'll uh, I'll I'll, I'll watch it. Idea, my friend, you will not be disappointed. Definitely, for sure. I'll take a look at it too. Dope, dope. dope. All right, guys, let's get into that music y'all been listening to this week. I know I've been on that Future Man Solitaires with Travis Scott. I've been listening to some Tory Lanes. I've been all over the place, guys. What you been listening to, Dez? Uh, the same, man. Tory Lanes, uh, Little TJ, uh, 
stick figures, um, listen to uh, White Stripes, uh, just a lot of variety of music this week, uh, but Future for sure, uh, Drake's, we all listen to Drake's uh, uh, album come out a couple weeks ago, but just kind of just re-listening to his album and uh, seeing what songs I like throughout the week. Uh, but uh, I mean, I like everything, man, really. And, uh, it's definitely been a good uh, music week for sure. That's been and, a really uh, good music week. Jordan, you've, you've had a lot, man. Talk to us. Yes, yes. So there is a lot to cover out in the music world. Uh, Leo, I'm glad you brought out Future because I was going to talk about him. But let's go over some of the new uh, hip-hop releases that I got the opportunity to listen to. So, of course, we're going to start off with Future, his uh, brand new album, High Off Life. And uh, for those of you that don't know the song, Life is Good featuring Drake. Obviously, that's a great song to check out. And then thank you for bringing up Solitaires, Leo. That was another song that I was going to mention. And then another song that I like, Touch in the Sky. Uh, check out Touch the Sky. And then uh, moving forward, we've got Apollo G. Uh, he is he is an artist that has act, really come through this last year. Uh, I checked out his album back in 2019. That was awesome. And uh, this new one, no, no exception, Apollo G, The Goat. It features the uh, hit song Heartless featuring Mustard, which is a very, very, very emotional song. It's got that very good, like, feels emotion, a uh, very good, like, motivation, like, don't give up, like, yeah, it's, it's gonna get tough, but you know, you're gonna come out stronger, stronger than you were before. So, Heartless I love, Martin and Gina I love off of the album, as well as um, Flex featuring uh, Rest in Peace, the legendary Juice World. And then, rest in oh, peace, Dirk. rest in peace. Sir. And, and then uh, Little Dirk, Just Cause Y'all Waited too. Yes, his new album, it has a three-headed goat featuring Lil, Lil Baby and Polo G. And then a couple of other songs I like is A Different Meeting and Trifling Hose. <laughs> uh, like, like that song, it's uh, very, 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 very lyrically uh, well done. The, the beats are very incredible. Uh, Little Dirk is also another guy that has only come out just in the past couple of years. So besides Future, we're starting to see some new talent up. I know I talked about little DJ, little TJ on the show a couple of uh, weeks ago. Uh, you know, Polo G, Little Dirk, watch out! These these artists are for real. They are going to be coming. We are seeing that new generation starting to make their mark on the map. And then, in terms of the highlights, or I should say, some of the songs that I really liked to listening coming into this week. Uh, just gonna go down the list and if needed i'll also make a separate post on the podcast page too in case you yeah, wanted make the to list know and, make the list and uh drop drop like your your three favorite but my three favorite or yeah, yeah my three, top three favorite top three from the list is for me oh that is tough but i am going to go with a triple cross uh, by Young Scooter featuring Young Thug and Future. Uh, really like this song. Really, really nice beat. Uh, and also just another artist that you don't know too much about. And I know it's a song from a couple years ago too, but it's a really good song. 
and then Little Boat by 88 Glam and Walk Em Down by Annalie Choppa. My top three. Eight. What was the last one? Oh, uh, Walk Em Down by NLE Choppa. I thought you said Walk Em Down by Walk Em Chocolate. <laughs> I was like, what? Walk Em Down like chocolate, guys. Walk Em Chocolate. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, let's let's finish up here. Uh, we got one more story for everybody. We got video games. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are being remastered for the PS4, Xbox One, and the PC. Big player of the first two Tony Hawk Pro Skater games. Didn't play too many after that, but I love these games, so I'm very hyped up to see them come back. I'm, I'm surprised they're not coming to Switch, though. Switch seems to be like quite the vehicle for games to come back. And I was surprised to see that Switch that wasn't on the list. Um, hoping that Nintendo Switch gets a port. But either way, I am very excited. Now, my biggest concern about this is what we're talking price wise here. One and two going to be $60. Eh, I think that's unfair. They do like a one and two bundle. Would love for it to be 40 I don't think it needs to be 60 bucks, but you know, you know, game industry is gonna go with the 60. I just don't think both games are worth $30 a piece. I don't know, but that's just my opinion. I'm very excited. These were staple games on PlayStation growing up, and yeah, I'm pretty hyped up. What do you guys think? I think for me, when it comes down to it, and I agree with you, Leo, I'm surprised I didn't put it on the Switch. I would think that some of the modes they had it. I'm going back to when I played those games in the PlayStation 1 when I was about, oh my God, maybe like four or five years old. Like those games came out a long time ago. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of good like multiplayer games. Uh, you know, I know that the biggest one is uh, who can get the best score and all that. And so not to see that on the Switch, I thought was really surprising just from that aspect alone. But when, I, when we talk about this game, it's a very great game that's coming back. And I agree with you on pricing. If it's just, you know, a game that you didn't do too much with instead of just, you know, polish it up and got it ready for like the high, you know, the new generation of consoles, then yeah, you need to first bundle one and two together. It can't be $60. $30, I would take that. I get two cool games for $15 a piece, that is fine. But it can't be full price. Just can't. I agree. No full price. Dez, what you thinking, my friend? Um, yeah, it can't be full price for sure. I think sixty, probably fifty-five dollars at the most is probably the best bet to go. I mean, I know some of the older games like NCAA fourteen is now going for like one hundred and twenty-five dollars due to this pandemic right now. Um, so older games are making the trend because I mean, you know, looking through this pandemic. But Tony Hawk, I mean, it's good to have something back. Like I said, I uh, agree with you, Leo and Jordan. It would be nice to have it on the Switch um, to definitely just have that versatile game system and consoles. Um, but it's good to see an original game come back. Agree, especially an original classic. And, you know. Oh, yeah. Like, the, the problem, though, with these remastered classics, guys, is they put them back out and they're like, guess what? $60. <clears throat> so and that let, is me ask, let me ask you guys. Do you buy a day one if it's $60? No. No. Mm -mm. 
and so they gotta they gotta put this out for forty dollars. No, I, I would say no, no more expensive than like forty five. Yeah, I I mean when there's just so many options, and not to cut you off, does but but when there's so many options in what you can buy for sixty dollars. When I look at you know just the remastered versions of Tony Hawk Pro Skater One and Two, they just don't cut up. They don't they don't match their quality. Definitely. Oh, sure. they don't. Oh, guys, was there anything else that I missed? Uh for me, I just wanted to, and I, I know we weren't going to plan on talking about this, but just a personal recommendation for uh, video games. And really, this is for probably a small market, uh, just baseball fans like myself. Uh, check out a game for the PC. It is called Out of the Park Baseball 21. It's a game where you can essentially simulate uh, baseball seasons going back to the early days, like uh, back when baseball was first created up until now. You can choose to be a manager or a general manager and there's a lot there's a lot that goes on with this game there's a lot of you know customization options how you can control your league and i know it's not going to be for everybody because you know it's not a you actually play the games like the show but it's more so just like a managerial simulation but for those that are interested in baseball history especially with a lot of sports simulation games that are starting to get a little bit popular Check out Out of the Park Baseball 21. Uh, definitely for sure. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. I see it's on Steam. Try it out. As anything, anything else you wanted to add? Um, just want to thank the support for our, our viewers and uh, everybody so far uh, with our show. Um, we love the feedback. Uh, like we said, we understand that. Our voices may not sound the brightest or the best on here, but uh, during the, during this pandemic, uh, we have to follow safety guidelines as well. Uh, so we, like I said, we are working every day to be better, uh, 110%. And this it's baby steps for this uh, show. Like I said, myself, Jordan, Leo, we came together, and um, we definitely want to just make a show for you guys, and that's what we're doing right now. So we definitely appreciate it. Uh, and definitely stay patient. Um, like I said, we're available on Apple, Spotify, uh, Pocket Cast, and all the other major platforms on the uh, podcast uh, streaming uh, world. Uh, so definitely, if you have Apple, definitely hit a review for us. Definitely uh, uh, any type of reviews on our page, anything like that. We'll actually post it on the page as well today uh, as well uh, for more information. But uh, we definitely thank everybody for sure guys if you're on apple feel free to leave a review and as des was saying we are very acceptable to feedback so leave any reviews comments feedback down in the apple review guys so this has been another episode of keeping it 100 everybody we will see y'all next sunday signing off signing off